0: Good morning. After a Bangalore sojourn, we find ourselves back in our hometown. Our and in what home. is No, now this is our second home o- in-home, which is Starbucks. Yep. <laughs> and they're still... Americano with Animesh, <laughs> coffee with a K, with Kotila, Kopuk. <laughs> copac- fuck, you I still, still can't pronounce you your second name. You still can't say it.
1: Like, 27 episodes later, you still cannot say my surname. Wow. No, man, <laughs> I can't
0: it's tongue twister (laughs) yeah this early in the morning yeah but it's it's good to start off the day some with something like this i guess so i mean who doesn't like stoner
1: (laughs) riffs in the morning actually this this episode i think we should title
0: wake and bake wake and bake wake and bake yes of course we are talking about stoner but r- before we get into the band that we're talking to, uh, we are, uh, you are going to be talking to Marijana, uh, which is a Singapore-based, <laughs> coffee is getting made in the background, <laughs> which is a st- Singapore-based stoner metal band, stoner doom, yeah, however you want to categorize yeah. that. They had a pretty good album release, I think, last year yeah, or a couple yeah. of years back. Last year, last year. Last was, year, yeah. In 2018, and now they're out with a new single. Which is kind of the reason we were talking to them. I mean, The Signal just happened to come out. We actually wanted to talk to them even before that. Yeah. Because they had a pretty good release out. And it's weird that the band obviously uh, is known to a lot more people because of its connections with Singapore's uh, uh, Wormrot. Yeah, and they're right? probably the one of the best-known bands from Singapore, oh, around the world. I think they are the only, yeah, it's them and there's Rudra. Yeah. Right? That's and Impiety. An Impiety. But yeah. Impiety is like, underground. still underground, still kawalt. Yeah. Yeah, Wormrot is very mainstream now. Yeah, true. Right? So, before we get into the interview, here's what really perplexes me, and this is something that you and I had a chat about much earlier. It's about how people who play in a hardcore band always seem to have an affinity for uh, non-short music. I mean, you get all your anger vented out in under 30 seconds or less through all your hardcore songs or through all your grindcore songs. And then you generally have an inkling to either perform or (coughs) keep listening to uh, songs in which you keep repeating the same drone riff 526,000 times to make it 10 minutes long or 11 minutes long but marijuana doesn't really do a lot of that yeah, right. no I mean their song structures are like a
1: non-musician perspe- from a non-musician's perspective like I'm just thinking if I was like playing in a death metal band and all I'm like all my riffs and everything were like death metal I don't want to be listening to death metal uh, all the time right
0: because it would next to differ. He says, bl- double blast beats all day, every day, 24-7. Uh, Remember, we told him that. Uh, uh, otherwise, he would be he he wouldn't be caught dead listening to Enigma. But he listens to Nickelback. Nickelback. <laughs> <He> listens <laughs> there you go. Nickelback, we know his anyways. guilty pleasure. Yeah, we know his guilty pleasure. But I, I mean, I would think
1: that you know, and at least from the review, I mean, the interviews I've read of bands and stuff like that, that times like, I mean, we talked to Andy f- from uh, Lord. Uh, not too long ago and he talked about you know the mixtape and how important that was and you know just like imagine when you're touring constantly the grind you want to like and one way is music is an escape right so you want to listen to stuff which is like about dragons and i don't know fantasy some weird shit i mean i don't know lord of the rings just get away from whatever your reality and everything is right you've been listening to a lot
0: of power metal no i know hammerfall have a new album out and i got the promo for it but
1: i don't know man
0: it's got a brilliant song which is all about sweden so yeah okay now now check it out okay i'll i'll give it a try just check it out and then you don't have to like eat cheese or eat dairy for like (laughs) a gazillion years (laughs) it's dripping with it anyways coming back to the point let's just dive right into that interview right
1: Yeah, it was a great chat
0: with Nicholas. And uh, yeah, I I don't think I need to say anything more. All right, guys. Here's Peter's chat with Marijana's Nicholas.
1: I'd like to welcome on uh, to Horns Up, uh, Nicholas Wong, all the way from Singapore. Welcome to the show, man.
2: Hey, man. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Yeah, and you know, it, it, it's great uh, to speak to you because uh, while Animesh and I were discussing about having you on the show, we realized that both of us uh, have been listening to Marijana. I hope I'm saying that correctly.
2: <laughs> yeah, I I don't think I know the correct pronunciation. Also, <laughs> I I think I think that is that is as close <laughs> as it gets. All right. So,
1: you know, what, one of the first things uh, that struck me about the band and uh, I still remember reading about it. Of course, a, a lot of press was like, oh yeah, the side project of Brasset from uh, Wormrod. But the f- next thing that struck me was like, wait, there's a stoner metal or stoner rock band from Singapore? So like, before we get into the band, just tell me, like, how did you get into like stoner music?
2: Uh, to be honest, I've always been more of a hardcore kid. Okay. Uh, for a long time. So I, I played in like hardcore bands and post hardcore bands for a long time I think for for at least half of us we are we're pretty new into uh, stoner stoner metal and boom metal I just like uh, personally I like um, just trying out different styles of music and weirdly like uh, the process is a little bit weird because I, I think half of us myself and uh, our guitar players skinny I think we fell in love with we really fell in love with Stoner Metal and Doom Metal after the band was formed.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. R-
2: and Rashid, Rashid, uh, Rashid and our bass player, Azri, recommended us a lot of things. That, that they know more about Stoner and Doom. Uh, so
1: what, what were the bands that they made, ensured that you checked out?
2: Uh, I mean, we, we all already know like the big names like Black Sabbath and, and Sleep. Right? Yeah. Bands like that. Uh, um, Personally, I, I um I like listening to many different subgenres of of metal and rock, um and, and punk or any type of underground music. Uh, but um. Rashid uh got us into this band called Uncle Acid and the Dead Beats, from the okay. UK. Yeah, and and that I think to us was a was a game changer. All right, and how how
1: would you like kind of if you've got it, like describe you know because. One, one, this is kind of leading into my question. Where I was reading a quote when your previous band, uh, the Caulfield Cult, kind of broke up, and you said, "You know, I'm looking at doing something new." So, wh- was was forming Marajana one of like the direct impacts of your last band uh, breaking up?
2: Uh, you know what, uh, Caulfield Cult, uh, where we were still going, we, we we toured a lot, and and I think towards the end of it. Um, I was getting f- pretty frustrated because we we were making no money at all, and I mean it's not about making money, but just the fact that we we had yeah. to, to juggle odd jobs and, and try to pay our bills and and all that, and, and it really wasn't going anywhere. So I, I was pretty disillusioned with playing music. Um, when we broke up, and I you know I told myself I'm not gonna play uh music. Like for real or full time or, or attempt to play music full time anymore. I mean, uh by no means is my genre a full time band, but you know, you can't really escape. I mean if you love playing music, you can't really escape from it for a long time. Uh so um I I mean I mean I just wanted to play something different and something new. And uh my my partner is uh very into stoner metal and do metal and, and she loves uh sleep and dance like that. So mm-hmm. I uh, got influenced by her a little bit and I decided to give it a go. I've always loved metal, but I was just never I never got about playing metal music because of the technicality. Alright. Uh, yeah, we're we all like hardcore kids and punk kids and, and we can't play more than like power chords or anything technical <laughs> like that. So like you know when I got into like stoner Metal and Doom Doom Metal, I figured like I can I can probably play that. Which uh uh, I mean, obviously, it's it's it was way more of a challenge than I I thought it was uh, back then. Uh, so I, I I used to play guitar and sing for the Caulfield cult. So I, I decided I was sick of guitar already. So um, I started playing the drums. I I I played I played drums once for a, a gig in secondary school. Right. Like, oh wow! Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I, I had to teach myself how to play drums because all, all the, the drummers in the school graduated. So that was at least like over 10 years ago, I think. And, and I just thought I uh, should pick it up again just because I was, I was so bored of, of how things were. So we just kind of went from there.
1: Right. And, you know, you said you wanted to pick up. So how did the rest of the members kind of come together? Because, like you said, all of you all play with such different bands. I mean, like, uh, when I'm just looking, uh, you've got, uh, I'm not sure what he plays, but Mohammed plays in Abolition AD. And then you've got Rashid in Wormrot, which, like, if you think about it's like, sonically the opposite end.
2: I don't know, it's it's weird because, like, those two guys listen to way more music outside of the bands that they were playing in at that time or rather are still playing in now um, but like I, like I I don't specifically only listen to music uh, that the that, that kind of music called Caulfield cult plays and Rashid listens to way more than Grindcore and I think we were all just creative individuals that wanted to tap uh, on our other side that we haven't explored before and um, so our bass player Azri, who is in Abolition AD he uh, I knew him from the hardcore scene. We were all hardcore scene, uh, hardcore kids back then. Um, so abolition is kind of like a, it's one of those hardcore bands that 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 is kind of metal as well. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. Yeah, like he he'll he'll hate me for saying it, but they kind of sound like the fast part sound like nails. <laughs> that, that so so so, so yeah. he's he's kind of metal and and I know he's into like doom and stuff. So he was the first person I called. Uh, to form this band and he was down and, and our guitar player Skinny used to play with me in the Caulfield cult and we we hang out all the time so uh, I got him to join again he he quit the Caulfield cult uh, in 2014 because we were touring too much and he sold all his gear and, and when I, wow. I when I invited him to to join this band he had to buy like everything again from scratch like from, from his guitar to his amp to all his pedals and everything yeah, it was, it was supposed to be, uh, we were supposed to be a three-piece, and it was, um, it was never supposed to be an overly serious band, and it wasn't something uh, that we wanted uh, to allow, to take up much time or energy from us, because we were all kind of jaded at that point, uh, myself especially, and Azri was, was about to get married, so we, we weren't, we, we were just planning to, you know, just go to the studio and jam a little bit. And see if we can come up with any riffs or anything. And um, um, I'm a promoter and I put on shows every now and then as well for touring bands. So I put on a show for a band from Malaysia. uh, And Rashid from Wormrod was a a friend of theirs. So he came to hang out and grab a few beers when the band came to Singapore. So Skinny and and I were there and we just talked about how we, we wanted to form a stoner metal band. And and he, he just said he wanted to, to join because he's always been he, he always wanted to play music like that uh, I think uh, and and just never found the never found the people who want to do it. Wow,
1: yeah. So that that, that 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 sounds like a great coincidence. It just he just happens to come to the show and yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. And and I, I didn't know Rashid at the point. So like the next day, I texted uh, our bass player. I just said Like, do I think the guy from Rod wants to join our band?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and and he kind of um he kind of, of, of pushed us uh songwriting wise. Like uh, I wrote a couple of, of songs. Uh, when we started, we jammed those a little bit, and Rashid wrote a bunch of riffs, and they all sounded way better than the ones that I wrote. <laughs> so we we scrapped most of those uh, songs that i wrote and we maybe maybe we salvaged like like two or three riffs that ended up in our debut album but uh yeah Rashid joining the band um kind of pushed us and 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 kind of made us uh enjoy playing live music again and and writing music again i think it was Mm -hmm. just just uh four different creative individuals uh getting together you know sometimes you just need a change of pace get yourself
1: interested again true sure. and i still remember i think it was like just over like two years ago where like i think the first single you guys put out was snake charmer and i instantly remember listening to it and going like whoa this is you could tell that like of course while y'all were a new band but everyone has kind of like been through the band process and stuff like that so you like it wasn't like, you know, back in the days how bands would put out like a demo and st- stuff like that. This was like really good stuff. And especially yeah, it, now that you're telling me, telling me your background. So you guys had like a way different reference point with all your other bands when you were recording.
2: Yeah, and, and also we took a, a really long time to put those, those songs out. The, the songs from that record, um, which is not something that I'm particularly used to. By playing the punk okay. band, uh, p- playing the punk band, you used to writing a song and going to the studio. Two weeks after that, and then that song will come out a month after that. But I think, uh, I think between between um the point of recording and the release of the first album, uh, I think it was it was about a year.
1: Okay, and, yeah, and was so- that something like you consciously, consciously did? or it just the uh, circumstances and just situation around you?
2: Uh, kind of both, because we all work full-time jobs as well, so we, we don't go into the studio as much as we like, but also that gave us an opportunity to really probably review the tracks. And, and, you know, something that you thought sounded amazing uh, two weeks ago might not sound the same now. You might have new ideas and, and you know, you... you, you it and like oh this this part sucks we have to have to do it again
1: yeah so like you guys like played really hard quality control uh, with the rips and the entire sound i guess
2: kind of but i'm also a little bit ashamed to say that because the quality isn't the best <laughs> so, <laughs> no uh, no, and, and,
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll come to that in just a couple of questions but uh, you know like Your since you talked about it, your album, uh, Till Marajana, you know, it made waves all around the world. I mean, you had like people in the States, everyone kind of writing about it. Uh, Time Out in Singapore named it as one of the best local albums of 2018. I mean, like Animesh and me here in India, Bombay, were sitting out and rocking out to it. So how does it feel like looking back at the
2: album like a year later or so? Well, it's it's definitely something that I'm very proud of. The the yeah the amount of the, the good feedback and the amount of press that we've gotten is, is something that I'm not very used to, uh. So I learned that the secret formula is to have someone from Wormrot in your band, and
0: <laughs> <laughs> the,
2: the press will automatically pick it up. So like I like, like sometimes I, I think like recently, I think we were on Metal Sucks and Metal Injection and and, and when they publish an article about Marijana, they would like put a bracket Wormrot. Like beside it. And then <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. some of my friends will like screen like like send it to me and like like how do you feel about this? I'm like, it's awesome, dude. All right. <laughs> I, I, I mean, yeah. you're, you're not going to it, it would be stupid to pretend that that we don't have a member of Womra in the band.
1: No, and, and and that's the thing, like uh it it's kind of picked up uh pace a lot, especially since you talked about it and I wanna bring it in. Um you just put out a new single, uh, Bloodsucker. And one of the things since you talked about the sound was, you know, from the first uh, listen itself, I could sense like a warmer sound, if I could describe it as that. And of course, like the song has, has a complete like different inspiration in a way, which is like kind of horror driven. Was this like a conscious decision you all had in the shift in um, lyrical as well as just sound wise?
2: Uh, lyrically, all our songs are influenced by movies in general, mostly horror movies, so there, there wasn't much of a, a change there, um, but production-wise, uh, like th- th- this isn't the first time that, that we've gotten that feedback. Like, I honestly didn't know that there was going to be a change in production until I heard the final masters. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because, like, like, funnily enough, I mean, I, c- I can hear the, the vast difference now, but funnily enough, like everybody that worked on my album... Uh, I mean that worked on the single Bloodsucker is exactly the same people that worked on uh the first record. The engineer is the same, the studio is the same, uh, the guitars that we play on are the same, um, the mastering agent is the same. But uh I think because when 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 our engineer mixes our track, we we sit down beside him and and we do it together. So I think just from from spending a year listening to the first record, we kind of know uh, what we wanted to change and what we wanted to improve. So we we had a clearer perspective of how we want the sound like uh, coming in to the studio for this single.
1: So you know, since since we've uh, spoken about the single, I think it's time we uh, play it. So yeah, for those of you who are wondering what we're talking about and this shift in sound and stuff like that. If this is your first time listening to Marijana, then I think this is a great introduction. Here's Marijana's latest single Blood Sucker. heard uh, Bloodsucker, the latest single from Marajana, all the way from Singapore. And I've got Nicholas still with me. Uh, you know what's cool about this thing also, Nicholas, I found, was that uh, a brewery in Hong Kong, Moon Zen, has created a beer called Bloodsucker Raspberry White Wine. And it's quite strong for somebody who likes beer, 12%. Huh? So yeah. what, what does it feel like to have like a beer? <laughs> kind of coinciding with the release of your single and stuff like that.
2: Uh, that's 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 amazing. It's uh, it's definitely one of the milestones uh, in my life. We 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 all bond over like craft beers pretty often. Uh, okay. we, we, we get together and and uh and, and be pretentious snobs and and drink craft beer and, and compare the hops and stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> So, it's, it's definitely a, a, a milestone for us. I, I, we were fortunate enough to have a, uh, someone who's a head brewer who was a big fan of the band. Uh, he's a personal friend of ours now, uh, who, uh. Who, who, who just liked us and wanted to make a beer for us.
1: All right, And j- I'm just curious is this like something that's going to be available at the festival that they released it as? Is it going to be like bottled? So, will you be like in lines with like Iron Maiden who also have the trooper beer. <laughs> that
2: that that was actually the first craft beer I ever had in my life. It's the Iron Maiden yeah, the Trooper beer. I didn't I didn't even know it was craft beer like until much later. I just wanted to drink it because it was the Iron Maiden beer. And I, I had yeah. no what craft beer was at the time. But I, I <laughs> highly doubt we will reach that level. Uh it's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be available at a um a craft beer festival called the Art of Craft Festival in Hong Kong on the thirty-first of August. I'm not sure when, uh, this will come out. I, th- I think I think the d- that date would have probably passed by then. Uh, it was supposed to premiere in Singapore last weekend. Um, uh, because we we played a festival last Sunday and it was supposed to be available at bars uh around that weekend, but uh, sadly due to the the current um protests in Hong Kong, uh, and the the situation there now, it wasn't able to leave the port in time because the protest spread to the airport, so we had to uh, postpone it. But for for everyone in Singapore who's listening, uh, it'll be it'll be here soon.
1: All right, that that's that's great to hear, man.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, and you know you touched upon it, so I I just want to ask you just to shift gears a little and put on your promoter hat. So you also uh, run ACPHC, which I looked up and it's All Cool People Hate Christ. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> where, where do you see that? On Facebook. <laughs> I have it, no idea. Did,
2: did, I, did, <laughs> but, I, did I post that?
1: I think so. I hope so. Okay, it's that's, that's, not, that's,
2: that's not accurate. Uh, it, it, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't actually stand for anything. It, it's an inside joke that I have with my friends, but every time people... Every time people ask me what it stands for, I always say something stupid, but it's it's not. <laughs> what it <stands> for. <laughs> all <right>. But you <laughs> the, know the cops are listening oh. in Singapore. That's that's not what it stands for. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: but you know one of the things is like living in India and being a metalhead in India, you constantly see like we keep getting information about like all these bands coming in like Metallica, Judas Priest, and you know, all the bands that show up uh, to Singapore. And then, you know, when I was looking up the gigs that you've done, like earlier this year, you got Cult Leader down. Mm -hmm. I'm very curious to know, what is it about Singapore that kind of attracts these bands there? Or what is it about like the Singapore metal scene that the same bands are not coming down to India and playing?
2: Uh, I mean, I, I, I can't speak for the metal scene in India, but... Southeast Asia in the last, I'll say the last decade or at least the last six to seven years has become uh, a, a hub for touring bands. We, we have yeah. loads of, of bands come through now, like bands who are, who are going to uh, Japan or Australia, some of the bigger spots in Asia, they would uh, consider stopping by Southeast Asia just because we, there's a big metal scene here in, in Singapore and uh, Indonesia especially, Malaysia, Philippines.
1: Yeah, and, and that's the thing—the cool thing about like the South Asian scene I've noticed also is that, like, for example, we were watching uh, Immolation this past weekend and we were at their show in Bangalore and Immolation then heads over to, I think, they headed to Kuala Lumpur, went to Korea. They're playing uh, Singapore after that, Bangkok. And, and yeah, that's a cool
2: they're here this weekend, I think.
1: I'm saying, what, what do you think? I mean, like, as a promoter, what, what does your instinct tell you as, as to why did you take up promoting shows in uh, Singapore?
2: Uh, personally, I, I started booking shows because um, my, my previous band, The Caulfield Cult, we toured uh, pretty often. We, we've, we've been to uh, we've been around Asia a few times, Japan, we toured Europe and North America a few times. And, you know, we, we're not a money-making band. We are a fairly unknown DIY band. And, and um, I, I just f- always felt very grateful when we get to play like a basement or a squat or, 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 or an underground venue or a bar. And the fact that... Um, these promoters and these people in these communities would take a, a chance on us and you, you know you, you, you might lose money by doing these shows and, and they did not need to put us on you know they could just say oh, sorry I can't help you and carry out their lives but uh, I just felt very touched and, and thankful that there were promoters out there to put my band on so when we, when we ended when Coffee Call broke up I just told myself that, that I want to re- kind of repay the favor uh, to put on bands who want to come here. I mean, going back to your questions on, on, on why I think bands come here all the time, I think most people that play in bands, they naturally have, have like a sort of like a wanderlust. They want to go yeah. to, to different places and, and meet different uh, people of different cultures who are, who are into the same things that they are. In this case, it's metal and punk and hardcore. So I, I think when, when there is the slightest bit of demand uh, I would think most bands would find it hard to say no.
1: Yeah, I, I, can, I can totally see. I mean, like, um, putting, trying to put myself in, like, somebody from the States or America, even if I play for a
2: smaller band, somebody calls me from Singapore, I'll definitely hop onto that flight. <laughs> yeah, If I mean, if you're not going to lose much money and it, and it makes sense, I, I think, I think naturally uh, everybody who plays... Uh, uh, Recent bands like these, we, we, we want to travel and, and play our music to, to people all around the world. You know, w- one more thing, just to kind of like build
1: on the question about the scene. F- from our perspective of when we're looking at Singapore, where, you know, you have uh, a very controlled environment per mm-hmm. se. Uh, how does a metal scene or like a hardcore or punk scene kind of thrive? Or even because like, if you think about it, all these bands coming in, There are a lot. It's it's like, I think probably from my estimate, a couple of shows, metal shows every month, right? And when you think about Uh, it, Singapore is a small place. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's one-fifth or one-sixth the population of Mumbai. So yes, to (laughs) have an ecosystem like that kind of supporting it there, how does a metal scene kind of stay active or thrive?
2: I mean, naturally, metalheads and hardcore kids are, are super dedicated people, and to them, it's you know it's a way of life. Like what, like one reason why I I, I wouldn't call myself a a, a metalhead or or a hardcore kid, um, in most cases, is because I I feel ashamed too because I I don't think I am as dedicated as. The kids who go to shows every single weekend and to them you know it's their life and and their passion and and we are lucky that we have um a scene like that here that they keep uh shows alive
1: you know for us i'm really glad to have an example like that because whenever we think about oh we don't have or there's not enough numbers and stuff like that here in like say bombay for example mm-hmm. when i look at a place like singapore i'm like wow that's a great example to kind of built towards or aspire towards.
2: And and, and and this happened like pretty sudden. Like um I remember back in twenty twenty oh six, twenty oh seven, uh we had Sick of It All from New York play Singapore. And yeah. that that was like a huge deal. That was like one of the first I mean I mean we we've had like Rollins band and Fugazi in the nineties but but it's a very rare occasion. And I remember when Sick of It All came, like I wasn't there at the time because I was, I was still in, like, uh, like a dweeb in school. But uh, <laughs> from, from the photos and videos I saw and the stories I heard, like, it was a huge deal. And, and, and I think that opened the doors to many, many hardcore and metal shows. And, and it, showed, uh, it, it showed the kids of Singapore that bands want to play here and we can get bands to play here. And it showed the bands from the States and Europe that, hey, there's, there's a place to play here if, if you want to. Again, you know, just to shift gears back towards uh,
1: the band. I mean, I talked earlier, you've got another project I see and I heard the track uh, Blood Pact. Uh, you've <laughs> yeah. got a project Busy with uh, Worm Rot and you've got Azuri with Abolition uh, AD. Yeah. How, what, what does it take to kind of... Because it's very easy to kind of have with all your bands and the multiple bands you'll play with, to have Marjana as like a side project or stuff like that. So, what kind of effort or do you take to kind of prioritize, prioritize it as one of your bands?
2: Uh, I, I wouldn't call Marijana a side project. I wouldn't call Pack a side project as well. I, 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 don't, I don't think I have side projects. They all require the same amount of time and effort. It just... We, we kind of rotate. Because, like, okay. Wormrod is doing uh, some touring next year. So, when they're, when they're away... I'll be busy with Black Pack. And when, when they're back and we have the opportunities uh, and the shows presented to us will be busy with Marijana and vice versa. I mean, we, I think... uh, we're not a full-time touring band. You know? we, we don't do this for a living, so we can kind of choose our schedules and just rotate it around when we need to.
1: And just from an outsider's perspective, that seems like a great thing because you don't kind of like plateau or kind of stagnate with one band you have like different sounds and you know a different kind of environment different kind of band members so it just keeps those juices going i guess right
2: yeah i like i know to a lot of people it it seems kind of exhausting but i i really enjoy just writing different styles of music uh at the same time and working with different people so i don't know I, i i mean i can take two days Two days off, two nights from a week to go into the studio with each band. I think I think that's a reasonable uh, requirement.
1: And just just to kind of like we've heard, we've got a taste of new music from you. also. when can we expect like, if not a full length album, maybe an EP from you?
2: Oh, uh, my data actually has a full album recorded already. Like we. Oh wow. Yeah, we we recorded everything at the same time. Uh. We did Bloodsucker. Everything is mastered already. Uh, I, I think we'll we'll be announcing the new album and when it will be out uh, by the end of September, maybe mid September, something like that. All right.
1: Okay. So wow. Yeah. But those clickbait websites, you heard it first on Horns Up. Uh, Marjana <laughs> have a uh, have a new album coming out probably before the I mean before the end of the year. So I'm really glad to hear that,
2: man. Yeah. It will be out. Uh... I, I have to speak to the label again, but I think it's, it's either the last week of November or the first week of December. I can't remember.
1: Awesome. That, that it's really glad to hear that. Uh, and I'm assuming when you've got the new album uh, coming out, you're also probably going to be touring around that. Do you have any shows or anything else planned around that?
2: Yeah, we, we have a... Re- we have a, a um, a regional run uh, towards the end of the year around Southeast Asia planned, and we're also planning a a, sh- a short, I think a half a week long run at, uh, at the start of next year. Uh, we definitely want to do a little bit more uh, next year when the album comes out. But uh, like I said before, we all uh, we're we're all juggling full time jobs, and it is. I mean, as much as we love playing music and touring is, is no longer a priority for us. So we're just trying, to, we're trying our best to, to fit it into our, our, our everyday lives, you know.
1: Awesome. And if then, in case there are any Indian promoters listening, I'm, <laughs> I think they should take notice of you all.
2: <laughs> yeah, I would love to go there. World Broad is playing uh, India in January, I think.
1: Yeah, they're playing a couple of shows uh, next year.
2: So... Will they be near you?
1: No, unfortunately, on the other end of the coast. Oh,
2: but oh. Uh, yeah, get, get someone to put them on. <laughs>
1: Definitely, I'm going to try d- doing that. But uh, man, it's, it's been great talking to you, Nicholas, and I'm really glad we had this conversation. Uh, I anything you want to sign off with for our listeners? How can they reach you personally, the band?
2: Uh, I have nothing much to say. Just um, you know, keep your eyes peeled. We'll, we'll have a, a new album announcement soon. And yeah, support your local scene, I guess.
1: All right. And how can people like, reach out to you, reach out to the band?
2: Uh, our contact email is all on our Facebook and Bandcamp and Instagram and everything. You, you won't miss it. We are. <laughs> Marijana on Facebook and Marijana Band on Instagram.
1: Alright, and what about you? Any Indian bands looking at playing Singapore?
2: No, uh, I think your, your, your co-host, his band played Singapore, right?
1: Yeah, 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 Animation. He played uh, with Ride Pedalers.
2: Yeah, I was, I was listening to, to some of uh, your previous episodes and I think I, I was listening to the one with Gujra and he mentioned that he played Singapore uh, recently, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, they played the la- actually just last year they played.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah. I wish, I, 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 I wish, I wish I knew. <laughs> I, but... I, know, I know another band from India, Death by Fungi. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're friends of ours. Yeah, uh, other than that, you, you'd have to recommend me more Indian bands.
1: Definitely, definitely. <laughs> All right. So, th- thank you very much, uh, Nicholas, for your time. It's been a pleasure. Uh, really looking forward to that new album for viewers Uh, and for all the listeners, stay tuned. There's a lot more coming
2: up from them. Thank you.
0: Alright, so big news coming out of that. We can expect the new album by the end of the year. Yeah man, I'm, I'm really excited especially like when you hear
1: Bloodsucker and that's one thing I said is that it has a far more warmer sound. And it was surprising. I mean, Nicholas said that, you know, he heard this kind of feedback, but it's exactly the same equipment, same people, same mix mastering engineer. I just think
0: like a year later, they've got like far more, uh, far better at their music and stuff like that. Or maybe it's just the quality of the uh, hidden substances that they can't really consume in Singapore, but are consuming anyway. Their inspiration. Their inspiration. Yeah. Maybe it's that. I love that artwork, man. I love that artwork. I love that logo unit that which they've done. Um, yeah, it's I really mean, a it whole package.
1: No, and th- it goes along, right? I mean, like, I don't know how many
0: doom metal bands are inspired by horror because it's all about, like, worship. There's so many. I mean, Stoners. I don't know if you would, I don't know. Like, if you mention doom, that's a different and thing. Stoner, how many stoner, stoner, stoner bands are, yeah. are influenced by horror? Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, that's a Yeah, thing. but there's a very like fine line or a gray area between the two, true, right? True, but so so but yeah.
1: It'll be, it'll be it'll be a good listen, and I'm glad they're releasing it just before. Hopefully, they do it in November, so it kind of makes people's best of list mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because that plays a huge role. The moment you go into like I think like second week or third week of November, it just kind of yeah gets lost. It's so too
0: early to do a end of the year. Yeah. It's not yet the end of the year. I know. Oh well, morons. Okay. Um, I have to sneak this in. It's We're recording this on August 30th, and this is when the episode will come out. And it is the day, like, the... I knew you were gonna... Like, you couldn't resist C's, doing yeah, it. Yeah, I, I couldn't resist doing it. The seas have parted and everything for a brand new Witch Format album. What? Yeah, there's a brand new Witch Format album completely zigged when you were expecting me to zag no yeah because yeah, like right? you know
1: the amount we've like the amount of airtime we've spent on that one band and by the way i haven't heard the album as yet just saying neither which format nor the one that shall not be mm. named as yet
0: yeah anyways we'll we'll get into that so here's what here's what i propose and this is live proposition because you have no idea about of me doing this right now to you Let's try and meet on say Monday or Tuesday and next week we'll do two episodes. Okay. One will be a music on our mind in which we try and talk about the music that we have been here listening to. So do you think you'll be able to digest uh, one hour, 27 minutes of material uh, by I then? Th- I think
1: so. That'll be a lot easier than like watching a lot of these TV <laughs> series and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Big, long weekend coming up. Yeah, so exactly. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Alright. Next week, two episodes. That's something to look out for. <laughs> Till then, he's at... I'm at Trend Crusher. I'm at Asmahani. You can reach out to us at HornsupPod. Pod. Next time,
1: Hansa.